How many guys have been enjoying the Serve series here at Transformation Church, right? How many guys have been enjoying it so far? So uh, I, I was honored to be able to open up the series, and I'm actually going to be honored to be able to close the series out for you today. And so we're going to get ready to jump uh, straight into it. We, are going, we have a goal set for our service time today, and so we're going to see if we hit it, all right? So how many guys are with me? Yeah, yeah, the whole service, right? Some of you guys are like, I don't know what we're talking about right now. We are, uh, we've got a service goal. So here's how you can help me. You can laugh at all my jokes, all right? That's going to make it a lot easier. All right, some of you only got that in the beginning, so I'm just kidding. So to start it off, I want to give you guys, uh, how many guys have ever been at churches or you've been at places where they have bulletins for the whole place, right? Have you guys ever been to a church where they have church bulletins? We pulled down some uh some pretty funny lines out of some church bulletins. We don't do a church bulletin right here. We do our worship guide, but that never really changes. But I've been in church bulletins where they just try to fit as much as possible in one bulletin. It's right. Like, it's like, thanks for a TV guide of announcements that's happening all throughout the next three years at Church of the Whatever. All right. So, uh, but uh, here we go. Barbara remains in the hospital and needs blood donors for more transfusions. She's also having trouble sleeping and requests tapes of Pastor Nelson's sermons. <laughs> this one, uh, this one kind of made me laugh. Some of you, uh, some of the Baptists might point at Pentecostals and make fun of this one. Uh, due to pastor's illness, Wednesday's healing service have been discontinued until further notice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the low self-esteem support group will meet Thursday at seven to eight thirty p.m. Please use the back door. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Weight Watchers will meet at 7 p.m. Please use the large double doors at the side entrance. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, folks. Like, you, you just can't, right? Let's get straight into it. All right, our text today, it's been our same text all throughout the series. And how many of you guys know we need to laugh when we come to the house? Amen. The word says that I, yeah, I was happy when he said, let's go to the house of the Lord. And so uh, we just want you to have some joy while you're here. Let's get into it today. Pull out your sermon notes if you got those on the way in. But today we're going to talk about why I serve, right? And so pastor gave you a big what list last week. If you were here with us, he talked about a number of places you have opportunities to serve and, and all the different aspects of serving here at Transformation Church. And, and so we started introducing you to this concept of serving. So we introduce you to the what what should we do? But I want to show you why we should do it. How many guys know, if I know why I'm doing something, it's a whole lot easier as opposed to just knowing what to do, right? How many guys have kids, right? How many, how many guys know that why word was one of the most annoying things you've ever heard? I mean, like, all right, we're going to go, this, why? Well, because we need to get food. Why? Yeah. Because we have to eat. Why? And it's like, <laughs> I'll tell you when you need to know something, right? Like, <laughs> And so, uh, but we want to tell you the why, not just the what, but we want to explain to you why uh, being a part of the dream team is so important. And we have an awesome dream team. They are full of some rock stars uh, here at Transformation Church. So you guys are awesome. And I can't go without pointing out two of them. I don't even know if they're in here right now. Heather Garcia, um, who is soon to be Heather Thompson, but whatever. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, right. And then, uh, and, and Pastor Ryan. Uh, so... Them two, them two did a jam-up job this week. I know you guys didn't really notice anything, but um, Heather took care of the entire girl conference for 18 people. And you think it's bad wrangling like 18 
children, Shar Wrangle and 18 adults with like a complex. You know what I'm saying? So she took care of all of us at the, at the Grow Conference. And then Pastor Ryan and his phenomenal team with the student ministry, man, rock stars. Good job, guys. Like, we applaud you. Uh, and so... Great, but being a part of the Dream Team at Transformation Church is a huge honor and we love it. So we wanna give you a little bit of the background as to why we do what we do. James 2, 14 through 17. Let's jump straight into it this morning. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And so what they're talking about here is when we look at faith without works, and we started talking about faith in the, in the, the context that they're talking about, again, if you were here for the first week, we wanted to lay out very simply and very clearly that faith in this context is not a belief and hope for uh, as much as it is the foundation of what we believe, knowing that what Jesus accomplished on the cross is the only thing that saves us. Amen. And so what he's saying here is not if you have faith to be healed or faith to see mountains move, etc., but you don't have works that those things aren't going to happen. What he's actually saying here is if you have faith in Jesus Christ, that what he accomplished on the cross genuinely saved you from hell and a life without or an eternity without God. If you believe that what Jesus did on the cross saved you, that there in turn needs to be a work. There needs to be something that you're producing every single day, every week, every month, every year to impact someone else's life with that same hope so that you can introduce them to Jesus. And so what we're going to do today is kind of give you a background as to why that's so important. On your notes, the very first things we want you to understand is that to serve is important because heaven and hell are a reality. And I think sometimes in the church, sometimes in the, in the religious world or in churches around, I think that message has to a degree been lost. And so I think it's important that we understand that they are, exist and they are real and, and an eternity awaits for every single person. So because of this, our church has to grow because here at Transformation Church, I, I know some people say, how many guys ever heard like that church is just all about the numbers? Anybody ever heard about that before? Anyone ever heard that, that statement before? Can I tell you something? Transformation Church here is absolutely all about the numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said it right. Because we're all about the number of marriages that can be healed. We're all about the number of souls that can be taken out of hell and placed into heaven. We're all about the number of hearts that can be transformed. We're all about the number of minds that can be changed through Jesus Christ. We're all about the lives. So every time we put a new person in the seat, we are without a doubt hoping that the number increases of the number of souls saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we are about the numbers, but what numbers? The numbers of absolute transformation through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so here at Transformation Church, we have to understand, and, and so all of us here have to understand that heaven and hell are absolutely a reality. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many guys know an eternity awaits? And how many of us are looking forward to the eternity that we get to stand and look at the face of God and bow at the feet of a Savior who died on a cross to save us? I don't know about you guys. I don't have to go very far back in my time frame to recognize the absolute necessity of the grace of Jesus in my life. I don't have to go back very far to say, man, I missed it there. I messed up there. I really missed it there. Amen. Some of you guys, some of us have like a little post-it note and then some of us got a rap sheet, you know, like we have to unroll that bad boy, you know? And so for us, heaven and hell are a reality, but the realization of heaven and hell being a reality should force us out into a world to recognize that those without the hope of Jesus are going somewhere. And I think sometimes we get caught up and we understand that those of us that have the hope of Jesus are going to heaven and that's great. But imagine the turmoil that awaits for those that don't. And that should inspire you to go out and give away this hope that is found in Christ. So because heaven and hell are reality, we want you to understand that every person will end up in one of these. Every person will end up in one of these. Anyone ever lost a kid before? Now, you ever like been shopping? Now, ever, ever like little Johnny disappeared around the corner and that moment of like, <gasps> when you turn around, right? See, I've been the kid that was lost one time. Like I, I remember I was walking through JCPenney's one time with my mom. And if you guys remember back in the day, they used to have the coat racks that went in a circle. Like well, most of them are like this like weird squared thing now, you know, like kids can't get lost in the middle. But back in the day, Like, if you went to the same spot often, you could have a whole fort in there. Like, I got some drinks, you know, like I brought my own chocolate milk. We just got a whole mini fridge deal going on, you know, some popcorn, some chips. And then, like, you let your friends know where it's at. So when their mom makes them go, like, hey, listen, man, if you go to aisle A2, yeah. <laughs> right, there's, there's a place that you can sit and be. So, but I remember one time I came out from the, the coat rat fort and uh, I was... I looked around and my parents were gone. And uh, I remember like the anxiety, but I remember also the moment I was watching one of my nieces and I took them to the store. And before I was married, you know, um, a baby on the hip was definitely like, you know, girls, for whatever reason, ladies are just like, oh, look, a man with a baby. You know what I mean? Like that just, it just happened. So, uh, and I remember going to the store and I remember losing them for a moment and just like the turmoil of that child not knowing where they were. Pastor Chris Hodges in Birmingham tells a story. He had lost one of his kids. He has five kids. Yeah, God bless him, right? Um, he, he says it's not because he loves kids, it's because he loves his wife, amen? <laughs> so, but anyways, uh, so he has five kids, and he tells a story, um, and, and, and one, of them, uh, one of them got lost one time, and so uh, they came out of the store and he was lost. And so they started trying to find him. And it got to where one of those things, it, it got to the point that, and if you've ever lost a kid, you know this, you, you don't stop and think, oh, well, I've got four more. Right. You know, like, I lost that, ah, we'll just let him ride. You know, we got four more, it's no big deal. Like that thought never crossed his head, right? You as parents, if you've got multiple kids and you lost one, you weren't like, I got two more. You know what, we'll just let him ride. We'll keep looking on Craigslist or something. You know what I mean? Like that's not... That's not your mentality. As a matter of fact, any of the kids that get in your way while you're looking for the other kids are just a problem at that point, right? Like move, 
before, like, why? Because we're on a mission for that which is lost. Because when something's lost, it's the only thing that matters. And we have to allow our heart to be burdened for people that are lost. Because things that are lost are the only things that matter. I can promise you, I love our worship services here, and I'm sure God, I know God meets us here. You feel the presence of the Lord during worship, but I can tell you one thing. I'm sure that part of the Lord is like, this is awesome, and I love pouring my spirit out in the midst of worship to this house, but we've got some lost people out here, and so when we get done here, let's go get them, you know, and if I'm being completely honest that heart, that genuine desire actually transforms us to recognize what's really a priority in our life. We stop praying for bigger things that are bigger than the big things we already have when we recognize the people that are lost. We stop praying for more expensive things that are more expensive than the expensive things we already have when we're focused on that that is lost. We start to prioritize and recognize that which is lost is important. Why? Because heaven, hell, or reality and every person's going to one of those. So church, can we understand today, tomorrow, this week, this month, this year, and for the rest of eternity, until we go home to be with the Lord, we've got work to do, amen? And so we have to grab a hold of and understand that. So I want you to understand Romans 2, 6 through 8 says this. He will render to each one according to his works to those who have patience and well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality. He will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Because again, I think sometimes we get, we get so excited about heaven, we forget some people are going to go to hell. We can't get hung up on that. God, don't let us get so consumed with what we want that we neglect the gospel. Number two, we want you to understand that the reason why I serve and the reason why you should want to serve is because, quite frankly, it's Jesus' model of evangelism. It is Jesus' model of evangelism. What do you mean by evangelism? It's Jesus' model of taking the gospel to the world. It's Jesus' model of introducing the hope of Jesus Christ. So Jesus was constantly aware of the need to take care of the people's physical needs before he introduced his solution to their spiritual needs. How many guys have ever seen the people on the street corner and they're just yelling at you? Turn or burn. You know, like you're going to hell. How many of you have ever seen anyone actually lead someone to the Lord? <laughs> like, right? Like, to be honest with you, never mind. It almost becomes a game for some people around here, you know. But the thing is, we, we have to understand is that Jesus recognized that I need to meet the need tangibly. I need to meet the physical need before I try to address their spiritual needs. A perfect prime example is in Matthew chapter 14 when he fed the multitudes. Matthew 14, 9 says this, he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and having the world's biggest fish fry. I'm sorry, that was, that's the BLV. That's the Brad Livingston version. It's, no. And looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples. I want you to say this part with me. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. I want you to make like a mental note of that for a second. All right, we're going to keep going. Matthew 14, 20 through 21. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Can I tell you something? 12 basketfuls are more than five loaves and two fishes. 
The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. And so what happens here, and I think it's so important because they're following Jesus, but they're following Jesus looking for hope. They're following Jesus looking for a message. These multitudes are following Jesus looking for the answer, right? And how many guys know there is no better answer than Jesus? But Jesus being Jesus. So Jesus could have very easily done something crazy and they all would have committed and followed right there. But he recognized, I got to meet them where they are before I ask them to come where I'm at. Right. Folks, when we serve... Meet them where they are before you ask them to come where you're at. We don't clean fish before we catch them around here. And if you're new to Transformation Church, our desire is not that we would clean you up and put the right clothes on you and make you look perfect and make you act perfect and then we'll accept you. No, 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 no. We want you here. And we want you transformed by the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. And, and in that internal transformation, what the Lord brings to you is what you'll naturally change. Why? Because we just love him so much. And so what we have to recognize here is a few things that stood out to me. Number one, he said that they don't need to go anywhere else to get anything, but that he has the whole solution. So if you go back and read all of Matthew 14, one of the things that happens, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, hey, look, Jesus, we should probably send them on into the city to get something to eat, and then we can all reconvene later. So send them on. But Jesus recognized, I don't need them to go anywhere else other than right here to get anything that they need. I don't think some of y'all are with me right now. I said, Jesus introduced an idea in that moment that there's nothing that they need, not just spiritual wholeness, not just completeness, not just salvation. There's nothing that you physically or spiritually need that is outside of the presence of Jesus. And so Jesus said, no, no, don't send them away. Let's feed them right here. And then he goes on and he continues. And the disciples said, we, have, uh, we don't have enough. But can I tell you something? With Christ, there's always enough. And sometimes we look around in our lives as to what we have. And we reckon, we're sitting here and going, I just don't have enough to give to someone else. I don't have enough time to serve. I don't have enough money to give. I don't have enough food to do that. I don't have, I don't have enough. Can I, with Christ, there's always enough. Because Christ has this crazy way of multiplying what we thought we didn't have enough of. And it's just like tithing, man. Like tithing doesn't make any sense. What we want you to do is take 10% of what you have. Even if it's barely enough, we want you to give that. And then we want you to take the 90 and watch it produce more than 100%. Now, I'm really good at math. And I know some of you may not be, but that doesn't add up. But with Christ, it's always enough. He has an amazing way of taking what is not enough and making it enough. So if you think you don't have enough time, trust me, you do. If you think you don't have enough resources, trust me, you do. If you think you don't have enough patience, trust me, you do. If you don't think you have the personality, trust me, you do. You have everything you need to introduce the hope of Jesus Christ into the lives of those that need it. Because with Christ, you have enough. And then... The other part of Matthew 14 that just stood out to me, this like jumped off the page, so much so that I text Kyle, who does our notes late last night, and was like, I need you to add this scripture <laughs> to our notes. And that was Matthew 14, 19. I want you on your notes just to go back up to it because I thought this was awesome. 
He directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks. And what did he do to the loaves? He broke it. Then he gave them to the people? No, the disciples. And the disciples took it to the people. See, what Jesus did in that moment is gave us a glimpse into what our entire mission is gonna be for the rest of our lives. Because on the cross, his body was broken. And then he gave us, his disciples, the hope that is found in Jesus so that we could take it to the people. In Matthew 14, he laid out the Great Commission far before he ever sent anyone out. Why? Because he recognized that there's always going to be a body. There's always going to be a group. There's always going to be a people that need the hope, that need to be fed, that need to be taken care of. And so why do we serve? Because it's the model that Jesus gave us. But it's important that if you're going to understand it's the model that Jesus gave us, it's, it's his model for evangelism. It's important that you understand that you recognize that you have been sent. You have been sent. And so Romans 10, 14 through 15, how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one who they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And can, how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of those that bring the gospel. How many guys remember when you got saved? Does anyone remember when you got saved? Anyone? Anyone in the house? Remember you remember when you got saved? Do you remember the moment? I remember the moment. I remember the person I was standing in front of. I remember, and it's almost like I have this like allure and honor for them for introducing me to the gospel. And I, I, I've taken, man, I, there's nothing more powerful in my life personally. There's nothing more that I enjoy. There's nothing more that I feel fulfilled in than sitting across the table from someone and introducing them to the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Like there's nothing else that's better to me. I've done a lot of things in a lot of different circles. I've done a lot of things in a lot of different professions, but there is nothing better than sitting across the table from someone and say, I know you grew up in church for 15 years, but have you ever heard the true hope of Jesus? And watch them go, what do you mean? I'm like, let me talk to you about who Jesus really is and introduce them to a message of Jesus Christ. It, it, it's my favorite thing. Or to sit across the table from someone and say, because I think sometimes in the church we tend to take this slant, like everyone's so broken that they're at a place that they just desperately need Jesus. And I'm with you guys, but I've been there. Yes. <laughs> I've been there. But then I've also sat across the tables from someone that looked at me and said, man, I've got money, I've got cars, I've got everything I need, why do I need Jesus? I'm a good person. I take care of people. I don't see why he needed to die for me and get to introduce them to the hope <laughs> that is found in Jesus. Why? Because everyone needs this hope that's found in Jesus. Amen. So thirdly, we want you to understand the third reason why we serve, I'm going to give these to you, is it's because I need it. Because I need it. Exactly. That's right. Ephesians 2.10, guys, check this out. Ephesians 2.10. 
For we are his worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Everyone say this right here. Good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. One thing I want you to notice, though, because this is one of our things at Transformation Church. See, at Transformation Church, we have a passion. If you guys have been with us for three weeks, you've heard this already, right? But we have a genuine desire that we would, uh, first of all, that people would know God, that we would introduce them to a life-giving message of hope that is found in Jesus Christ. We want them to know God. Where do we think that's the best place to happen? Right here on Sunday mornings. Secondly, we want people to be, uh, to, to find freedom. And where do we think the best place to find freedom is? Well, we know that the Bible says that we confess our sins one to another, that we want to do that in relationships, how many of you guys got some stuff in your life that you would like to be rid of? Just some, some stuff that you would like the Lord to just take away, get rid of, all right? So what we're gonna do right now, all of you are gonna come up here and tell everyone in the church, I'm just kidding, that's not gonna happen right now. Like, that's all, all of you with anxiety, oh my God. That's, that's not happening, all right? Why? Because I don't expect you to come up here and tell everyone your problems, just like I'm not telling you mine, right? Why? Because it's none of your business. No, I'm just kidding. Like, why? why? Because some of you, I don't know you like that. Right? And you don't know some of us like that. And that's okay. You're not supposed to know everyone like that. But you got to have two or three people in your life that you can sit across the table from and say, hey, I'm dealing with this. Can you help me? And we believe the best place to find that is in small groups where you can meet five or six people at a small group. And the very first week, you may not walk in their guns blazing. You know what I mean? Like, I got this problem and I got that problem. That may not happen. It may take you a month before you actually start to open yourself up. But eventually, we want you to build some relationships so you can say, hey, you know what, Judith or whoever, like, I'm, <laughs> I've got this thing going on inside of me and I would really like for you to help me with this. And they say, absolutely. What can we do? and they start to build relationships. And how many guys know that the only way to, to find something and get rid of it in your house is to shine a light on it? And so when you tell that person, hey, I'm dealing with this, can you help me? What you did is you just shined a big light on it and said, I know this is there, I need you to help me get rid of it. And so we believe that happens. And then thirdly, we also believe that we want you to discover your purpose because here's the deal, God created you with a purpose. And we at Transformation Church wanna help you fulfill that purpose. So we wanna take you on a journey and ultimately introduce you to a group of people that have the exact same purpose and help you fulfill it together. Wouldn't that be awesome, right? Guess what? There's more people out there like you. I know some of you don't believe that. Like, no, listen, man, the Lord only made one of me. Okay, I can tell you right now because the world can't take two, you know? So, no. We wanna introduce you to some people like you that have the same passion, same gifts, and watch you do amazing things together. So here's the, the great part about Ephesians 2.10, is that God, and the reason I said all that is to introduce you to this one idea that God has not changed his mind about you. I'm gonna say that again. God has not changed his mind about you. So any of you in here that are thinking you've already gone too far off the trail, you've already done too many bad things, you've already gotten too far away, you can't be fulfilled, God doesn't love you anymore, he couldn't love you anymore, you've done too many bad things, you've done, said too many bad things, you've been in too many bad places, you've been around too many bad people, guess what, Ephesians 2.10 says that we're gonna do good works which God prepared beforehand. Before you were ever created in the womb of your mother, God created a purpose for you to fulfill. All you have to do is fulfill it. And the best way to do that and find out what your purpose is for us here at Transformation Church is that you would go through the growth track. We're gonna expose everything you need to know about what God built you for, and then we're gonna help plug you into a team where you can actually do it. So here's the deal. 
After service today, right outside, the girls will have some computers and out there you can sign up for, you can look into all the different ministries we have available for you. But next Sunday at 6 p.m., we're having the growth track right here at Transformation Church. If you have not gone through it and if you have not completed it, go through it, complete it, find your purpose and allow God to fulfill everything he destined for you over 2,000 years ago. Amen? And then we want you to understand that because I need it, we, uh, there's a study, it's called the, Ma- anybody ever heard the Maslow study of human behavior or human needs? We're gonna go through that today. So what happened is they studied a group of people and in the Maslow studies of human needs, what they did is they broke down, originally they found five areas that had to be fulfilled in every person for them to feel accomplished. How many guys have ever like done something and you knew right then like, oh man, that's what I was built for, right? Like, this is awesome, and I love it, and I would not rather do anything else. Anyone ever been there before? Three of us. Whatever the rest of you are doing, I'm sorry, but you must be miserable. Okay, so, <laughs> no, that we feel accomplished, right? Now, I'm not saying you may, you may not do it for a living. Some of us do. Yes. Praise God, right? But here's the deal. So in Maslow's study uh, of human needs, here's what they found out, that there's a few needs that, that needs to be fulfilled in every person for them to be accomplished. Number one is their physical needs right? Their physical needs. And what is that? That's our biological and our, uh, uh, our biological needs. So our air, how many guys could live without air, right? No one at all. Try it. You know, people are just going to start falling over one by one, right? Breathe, by the way, if you were, don't take me literally on this particular, like, so we have physical needs, right? Food, praise God. Come on, somebody. Amen. Yeah. I knew I'd get a response on that. Woo! Praise him, right? We have a rule on our, on, our, on our worship team. Whoever's late for rehearsal has to bring a dozen donuts for every hour that they're late, right? So, yeah, there's a dozen donuts in the office right now. Anyway, so <laughs> food, praise God, amen. Water, air, uh, warmth, sleep, all those things. So we have our physical needs, and then we have our, our safety needs, our safety needs. And in that, it's a protection from elements or security or order, law, limits, uh, lock door. How many guys lock your doors when you go to bed, right? Yeah, right. especially nowadays, right? You used to get away with that 20 years ago. Anyways, we're not going there. Um, safety needs. And so here's the deal. 85% of the people in the world feel like they've got their physical needs met. About 75% of the people in the world feel like they have a consistent level of their safety needs met. The next one, the fourth one, is love needs. Love needs. It's a level of belongingness and love needs. And that's like family, affection, relationships, um, the need to be needed. How many guys ever recognize there's like a need to be needed? Amen. And so, and to be needed and known, that's the reason why stuff like social media exists, right? I can tell you right now, you want to know how they can shut Facebook down today? Remove the ability. Yeah, someone's like, please, for the sake of God, tell them how to do it. Um, Remove the ability to leave comments. Remove the ability to leave comments and the social media platform will shut down today. Why? Because people are literally, there are literal social media junkies out there that they're just looking for the next fix they can get of approval and of self-esteem and of identity that they think is gonna come from these people that they haven't talked to -to face-to-face in 23 years. Right? That's our love needs. Like I, the need to be loved 
And we see it through social media so much, right? 50% of the people in the world said that this is being met. Next is the esteem needs. And that's our self-esteem, our achievements, our recognition, the need to be complimented. How many guys know when you get that pat on the back, you're like, ha ha, you know, like I did that, right? And so there's the esteem needs. And so there about 40% of the of the people in the world feel like they're having their esteem needs met. And so here's the deal, there's a, there's a list of eight. And so the first four, what I want you to understand, and we're going somewhere with this, but the first four is this physical part of us, right? There's something that happens, whether it's psychologically, whether it's physically, but it's a part of our body, something that's gonna stay here. And when we die, we're not taking it with us. But then there's four more, and it's more within our spirit. It's more within uh, our thought process. And so here it is right here. And the first one, you can write it down in your notes, and it's the cognitive needs. The cognitive needs. With the cognitive needs, it's like your knowledge and the meaning. It's the, the need to understand. It's the reason we have the animal planet. It's the reason we have how they built it. You know, it's the reason why somehow on like HGTV or something, there's 46 shows about how to rebuild a house, right? How many of y'all ever watch those, right? How many know you still can't rebuild a house, but we watch it all the time? Like there's this cognitive need, like this need to know information. And that's our cognitive need. Next is our aesthetic needs our aesthetic needs. And with our aesthetic needs, it's our apprehension and our desire for beauty. How many guys have ever been like, I don't care what anyone thinks about me, I'ma just do me all by myself. Anyone ever felt that way before, right? I don't care what anyone thinks about me. Can I be completely honest with you? You're lying. Okay, you wanna know how I know? Because I'm looking at all of you out here today and it appears that you own a mirror. So when you woke up this morning, if you did not care what people thought about you, you would have rolled out of bed and you would have walked right out that door looking exactly how you did when you rolled out of bed. Right? Some of you looking at your spouse was like, I told you to comb your hair this morning. No, like, right? You would have done what? But why? We looked in the mirror today. We did our hair. We brushed our teeth, right? Why? Because to a degree, now I'm not telling you I consume myself with what people think about me, but to a degree... I care about what you think when you see me. And so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Within our aesthetic needs, we see nature. How many guys can just look at the sky? Man, I pulled my truck over the other day, and the sky was like orange, pink, blue, like all the different, I was just like, wow. I literally pulled my truck over and was just looking like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Our desire for beauty Photography, why we draw, why we have lights. How many guys appreciate like that we pay attention to aesthetics around here, right? I've been in buildings, <laughs> I've been in churches, but I've been in buildings where it's like, do you guys care about anything? Because everything's falling apart around here. Like, so we, we try our hardest <laughs> to make sure that everything is comfortable and it looks well. So our aesthetic needs having that met, right? And then these are the last two, and I want you guys to really grab a hold of this one. And the first one, is our self-actualization needs. Now in Maslow's, this was actually part of theirs. And in Maslow's study of human needs, this one right here was number five. And they thought that if you reach this point, that you would feel the most fulfilled you could ever feel. That you would come to a place where you felt the most accomplished is in your self-actualization needs. And that's realizing your personal potential and your self-fulfillment realizing your personal potential and your self-fulfillment. 
even to some degree, it's like being the best. How many guys, like when you, you knew you were the best at something, anybody ever been? How many guys played sports before? Played sports, right? How many guys? Wow, I was expecting a much higher number than that. All right, so how many guys have ever done something before and you knew you were the best at it, right? Like, I know I'm the best at this right now. How many guys know that that gave you this sense of accomplishment, especially if it was something you worked hard for? Like, man, I work to be good at this, and I am good at this, and I'm the best at this. And this self-actualization of recognizing, like, man, this is where I'm at, and I'm good. And so we seek peak experiences, whether it's sports or whatever. And so th- think about uh, how many of us are being fulfilled. But the problem is with this self-actualization is it's estimated that only 2% of the people in the world ever actually get this feeling. Only 2% of the people in the world ever actually come to a place where they feel fulfilled in life. You wanna know a more shocking number? 0.1% of college students feel this. Accomplished. They, they, they go through, they, they spend $60,000 or $100,000 or whatever at the end of four years or, or eight years or somewhere in between. Right? They come out not feeling like they have any purpose, not feeling like they have any accomplishment, not feeling like they have anything. Why? Because they're chasing a fulfillment that they never quite tracked down. Self-actualization needs. Maslow's thought that was it, man. Once you found your purpose and you start walking out that purpose, that's the greatest accomplishment you ever found. It wasn't until about uh, 10 years ago that they did another study and they found out there's one more, and this is it. It's called the transcendence needs, the transcendence needs. What do you mean by transcendence needs? Well, when, what they found is that when people were found, finding their purpose or when they found their purpose, one of the things that they would do after finding it is they recognized that it kind of life just became all about them. Life just became all about making themselves complete, making themselves whole, And in the transcendence needs, what they recognize is that just finding out your purpose isn't enough. Impacting the people around you with that purpose is what makes it enough. Transcendence is living your life beyond yourself, living a life that makes a difference. And this can only be done when you're satisfying all the other needs. So what happens here is you come to a place where you, you're finding yourself and, and, and you've discovered your purpose. And so you, your physical needs are met, your love needs are met, your security needs are met, all those, all those, your cognitive needs are met, your aesthetic needs are met, your uh, self, all those other needs are met. But then you find yourself at a place where like, man, I feel like there's something else left. I feel like there's something else I could do. I feel like there's another step that I could go to. I feel like there's just one more thing missing and I can tell you what it is. It's the need to be needed. It's the need to make a difference. It's the need to be the reason why someone else wakes up today. It's to introduce this hope, introduce this love, introduce this idea of what it means to impact someone else's life. But can I tell you something? It's one thing to impact someone else's life with something monetary, but it's a whole nother ball game to uh, impact someone else's life with something that's eternal. And so people ask us, man, why do you guys serve? Why do you have such a, well, people ask us, man, how, how do you guys get so many people on the dream team? Be honest with you, 
It's, it's the why to what pastor's what was last week. See, pastor talked about all the opportunities to serve. You can serve in the children's ministry. You can serve in the nursery. You can be a greeter, coffee ministry, parking lot, usher, security, connect center, sound, worship, like the whole deal, right? You, you can be a part of all of these things. But the reason that we want to introduce you today is why you need to be a part of all of them. See, it's not so because we need you. It's because you need to make a difference in someone's life, because you need to have a life that is fulfilled, because you need to have a purpose and you need to create a difference in the life of the people around you. Because you need to look into the eyes of a seven-year-old kid and has, who has never respected authority, who has never had a father figure and a man that can step into a children's ministry, give out some high fives, give out some lollipops and let them know that there's a difference between whoever you don't know and this man right here, because I love you. There's a difference between not knowing what your purpose is and standing at that door and watching people who haven't had hope all week long walk into a door and get to shake hands and hug someone that genuinely cares that they're here today. Man, that's huge. To be built with gifts and talents to be able to play instruments or sing Listen, I know you may look up here and be like, hey, they don't need us. Hey, listen, if you got a gift, it's not that we need you. It's that we need you to be fulfilled using that gift. So why do we do what we do? It's not because we need you. It's because we need you to be fulfilled. We want you to have the greatest life possible while you're here. And we know that we know that we know that the way to do that is to genuinely create a difference, to live a transcendence life and be the difference in someone else's life. Be the difference. So I encourage you today, if you have not, if you haven't looked at the list, look at the list. And this isn't all just a ploy to get you to serve. Listen, when we get to this new building, how many guys are excited about this new building, man? I'm so looking forward to it. We, we spent all Friday walking through it and just, it's a monster. Pastor has kind of given me most of the project. He's like, here, figure it out. I'm like, oh, awesome. <laughs> you know, and, and we, 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 so we started meeting with our coaches and our teams and like, all right, you're gonna need this many people to operate and their eyes get really big. I'm like, yeah, stay calm. We're gonna figure it out, okay? You know, um, in our children's ministry, man, talk about rocking. That thing's gonna be amazing, our children's ministry. We just got the final head count. Our, our, what, we're, what we're calling our, our special needs ministry, and this is probably gonna be the last time you hear us refer to it that way. We're calling it TC Haven from now on. And that's the train, TC, it's a safe place. And so there we know, we know that we know that we know we have to have six or seven people every service to pull that off. You wanna know why? Because there are six individual rooms, tiny rooms that, kids can go in and play in if they need to be isolated. And then we have two group rooms that kids are gonna be able to go in and be a part of groups together and learn together and be able to do that. We're gonna have a special needs nursery exclusively for babies and toddlers in the special needs community. All of those things are happening. And that's in addition to our two nurseries, all our nursery workers, we're gonna have two of those, by the way. Yes, broken up age groups. And uh, our toddlers ministry, everything else. Listen, guys, it's gonna be awesome. And I can't tell you how excited I am and how much I'm looking forward to it. But here's the deal. I'm not gonna stand up here and tell you, hey, we need you, we have to have you. You need to join a team so that we can be a better church. I'm telling you right now, I want you to join a team because I want you to live a life that you know that you've been transcendent and you know you've made a difference in the life of every, all the people around you. More importantly, I want you to do it on a team of people that have the same gifts and the same passions to see 
little Johnny who's seven years old, eyes light up when you walk in the room or impact the person in the nursery or impact the person at the door. I wanna see you be fulfilled in doing the exact same thing. So I'm telling you right now, you wanna join us on this journey because we're going to be the difference. But I wanna tell you this one idea because this really is the hope. You can make the difference in people's lives, but if you haven't had a true eternal experience in your own life, then all you're doing is making people feel better. Matter of fact, just close your eyes across this place. So here's the deal. You, you say, man, that sounds awesome, Pastor. I, I think I would love to serve on a team. Here's my concern. I wouldn't even call it a concern. Here's the only thing that I wanna make sure that we know. Because I don't want anyone on our dream team to serve for a year, two years, five years, fulfill their purpose, and when they die or when the Lord comes back, find out that they did all of that without actually knowing Jesus. That is a fear for me. And so here's what I introduce to you today. The reason we can serve is because we were first served. The reason we can love is because we were first loved. And the reason that we can see joy is because Jesus first gave us joy. That in our sin and in our shame and in all the places of our life we weren't proud of, or even at our best, we're still people that need Jesus in our life. And so here's the Here's what I introduce to you. If you wanna know Jesus today, you say, man, Pastor Brad, my life is not all together. I've got some stuff that I need taken care of. I got some stuff in me I'm not proud of, but I want Jesus to completely transform my life. Or if you're saying, I'm actually in a really good place right now. I, I'm not hurting. I don't really feel broken, but I wanna know that I'm going to heaven at the end of this thing. And I know that somewhere along the way, I've messed up a few times and I need someone to pay for that. Either way, the solution and the answer to you is Jesus. And so here's what we wanna open up the opportunity for you, and that's just to know him. So if you're sitting in this place and you're saying, that's, that's, that's me, pastor. I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and I want him to take control of my life. I wanna know him. Would you just raise your hand? I wanna know Jesus today. God bless you. Why don't you put your hand up? You can put it down. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you. All you're doing is making a proclamation. You're saying, Jesus, I'm yours. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray today. And the whole church is gonna pray with us. And as we pray this prayer, this prayer does not make you saved. What this prayer does is make a proclamation that by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, you are saved. And whether you're watching with us on live stream or whether you raise your hand in this place, we're all gonna pray with you. So say this prayer, say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. Forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I want to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, put your hands together for all those that may have prayed that for the very first time.